it's always a pleasure to see you, but I have to admit, I'm a little glad this is on Zoom. I saw you've been cracking some people over the heads with guitars. Oh, yeah. Zach is grinning from ear to ear. So right <laughs> up over his left shoulder, he's a victim. Uh, Bill, yep. I, don't, I don't know if you've got a chance to see any of our uh, spots, kind of the This Is Sports Center vibe. Have you seen any of those? Uh, I, I have seen those. Uh, I saw it, it, I saw you got Greg Miller earlier today. I got Greg Miller. Zach was one of my first kind of Russell Quist hits. So yep. you're you know you're talking to the legendary Zach Manko. He's, <laughs> He's still here. You're too yeah. kind. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm forever altered. These uh these shades I'm wearing are prescription. So yeah. you know the uh it was it was quite the guitar shot. Not uh, really quite the same. Tomorrow's the big day as we're recording. It is a uh, it's a journey, much like WrestleQuest. And it started several, several years ago for the Mega Cat team. James had this crazy idea uh, and his team and said, how are we going to marry professional wrestling and a JRPG? And uh, they birthed, uh, no, WrestleQuest. But a lot of people told them, and this is a part of something that I absolutely love to tell this component of the story, is that a lot of people within their industry told them, don't do it. There's, you know, a lot of red tape. There's It's ups and downs. The IP is a challenge. Um, how are you going to make this game make sense? And just everything that kind of goes with it. And I love a mindset that says, you know, if they're telling me to go left, I'm going to go right, and I'm going to show them this is the way, and and that's what they've done. I'm lucky to play a small part of this, but uh, from the the, the roster, uh, if you will, from Andre the Giant, Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, need I say more, but I will. Uh, the Road Warriors, JYD, Jake the Snake, Rocky Soul Man Johnson. I could go on and on, you know, the legends. But but the the real, uh, I guess you could say, sweet spot of all of this is it's the first ever JRPG in professional wrestling. There's been so many simulation games through the years that, yes, I've been a part of. I think a guy said earlier today, this is either my ninth or tenth game to be in, but this is the first time. Uh, that any of us have been in a JRPG game, and that's the essence of what we do. The simulation game leans into kind of the in-ring uh, component of professional wrestling, and Bill, me and you both know, that's really just one part of what our makes our wacky world of professional wrestling going on. What really makes it tick are the larger-than-life characters and the storytelling, and that's what Zach, uh, you know, has done just incredibly well and that's telling stories uh through the lens of professional wrestling but that he's make it they've made it work in uh, uh the jrpg world uh my next question uh can go for james and zach uh i know jeff is part of the game uh he kind of teams with conrad and there's a podcast element it's sort of like a narration how did you guys figure out that this was the way to go with it? Because obviously, you know, Jeff and Conrad have their own show, My World on adfreeshows.com. There, I'll plug the show. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Bill. But, you know, how do you, how do you figure out what kind of balance, like, to, you know, not just use Jeff as a wrestling personality, but also for analysis? Well, I mean, one of the reasons we wanted to include, like, the, the Podfather and the podcast in this way is that, 
whether you're like a laps fan or a super fan, like the way that wrestling fans like stay in touch and consume wrestling content, it's different now than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like the podcast and, and these other like very engaged communities with content creators, a major pulse and piece of like what it's like to be a wrestling fan today. Mm-hmm. Um, we thought there was just a really interesting way to use that in a narrative driven world with things like the podcast chorus. I think um, beyond the the idea of the podcasts and representing how wrestling is consumed nowadays and, um, you know, thinking like a fan and things they would want to see. Um, so Jeff also appears beyond his role at, in the podcast studio there. You know, he has his own statue and his own quest. And uh, really, when we're designing any of the quests for the legends, um, it's about something that can speak to their persona and their history within the sport but that also works um in terms of the rpg element you know for example the road warriors you you'll end up fighting them if you go on their side quest and if you're able to defeat them you can summon them into battle to, to um do their their finisher the doomsday device mm-hmm. so again it's about you know thinking of ways designing the game designing these quests in a way that not only speak to their their role in wrestling but also how we can use that within the the rpg within the game itself the flip side of that, uh, Jeff, I I consider you somebody that has your finger on the pulse of things going on outside of wrestling. Uh, I've said before, you, you kind of saw that with the fight app. You're involved in ownership in a minor league baseball team. Springfield Lucky Horseshoes. What's the, That's the, it. the yeah, affiliation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you first realize that video games weren't just like a hobby and it really could be like another avenue for pro wrestling for talent or maybe speaking as a promoter yourself you know um i i this is an easy answer and bill you can probably you've been around a a few years like myself but you know at a very early age uh uh there were several nights in my young wrestling career back in the Memphis territory that my payoff for getting paid to wrestle um, was less than the amount of money I made off of selling pictures, merchandise. So from an early age, I understood that monetizing the industry wasn't just in hard ticket sales. And, you know, then you fast forward to getting to the, you know, in those days it was called the WWF and you get your royalty checks and you look at action figures and video games. And those are obviously the, the, the leaders in the marketplace and a licensing uh, program. Uh, then, you know, 10 years later, uh, founded TNA and we, we signed a deal with Midway and produce our own video game. And, you know, in, in reality, you just kind of keep adding zeros in, in a way to the bottom line when you're generating the, that type of you know, revenue off of a licensing program. I never dreamed in my wildest dreams that one day I would be, you know, executive producer of wrestling in a JRPG game. And so mm-hmm. just the evolution of it and seeing how things have progressed. Um, but, you know, at a very early age, uh, you, you, our industry can be monetized and it just continues. You know, you, you look at TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, YouTube, you know, there's lots of digital revenue that can be created. Um, the video game industry uh, many, many years ago uh, really brought into the forefront. I can remember being a marketing meeting when they said, you Jeff, you do realize that video games are about as big as Hollywood. And I just kind of, in my mind chuckled it off well look at where we are now it's a massive massive industry 
you mentioned the TNA Impact game. You've been part of many games for many different promotions. You were also, I didn't know this, uh, you were on the Fire Pro Wrestling roster, but then you were in WCW games, WWF games. Uh, one thing I did want to ask about, um, you did motion capture for WWF in your house, and then you were pulled from the game because you left for WCW. Do you remember any details about getting notified about being pulled from the game or how that went? Because nowadays you'll see some games keep the roster. Uh, one of the best examples is uh, the AEW game. Like they kept Cody Rhodes in it because, you know, out of respect for him and for the fans. But do you remember any sort of legal issues or anything as far as how that was dealt with back then? Because it, the licensing and likenesses are, you know, all that was almost new back then. I think that was like 1994 or five. Yeah. Six, seven. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you something that probably won't shock you though, that uh, it, I, I don't think it was in their uh, mindset. Hey, I'm going to notify a guy who left our company. Uh, that was just kind of, but you know, what's been fascinating to me is in, in the gaming world and also in the action figure world, I've learned more off the last, over the last, I don't know, five to seven years that, Hey, do you realize that there was a prototype of this action figure that never came out because uh, you, you know, cause I was one of those guys that I was with WWE from 93 to 96 and then WCW for a year, then back for two years and then back to the other side. So I ping pong back and forth a few times. And in the licensing world uh, in the nineties, you know, you didn't really put out a product if they were working for another brand that was just not done now with the, I'll call it the growth and the evolution and the transparency candidly that those type situations uh, don't happen as often. And when they do, uh, the, whether it's the wrestling fan or gaming fan or any type of licensing fans, they want, they want the brand to be true to itself. And so, you know, those type issues don't come up like they, they used to. People that want to read about the game before they play it, we have a, a review of the early build of the game on WrestleZone that you can check out. Uh, one of our guys, Matt Black, did a write-up for that um muchacho man seems kind of obvious what the inspiration for that character is but maybe uh zach and james you can shed some more light onto uh, as far as what went into creating these central characters that uh you, you kind of start the game out with well yeah, zach so knows muchacho man <laughs> yeah best friends thought about tag team before you know but there's just not enough wrestling to go around but um yeah so when we're talking about the cast of characters you know that's one of the things that's key in an rpg because that's really what resonates with with players um what gets them involved with the game with the story so with machacho man um you know he's kind of the role of many of us where we're long time lifelong wrestling fans from a young age watching our these guys on screen and you know, wanting to to be heroes like them. Mm -hmm. So Muchacho Man kind of represents that young, innocent, sort of pure relationship with wrestling, where for him, it's all real. He's in constant kayfabe. And his story is about as he moves up through the ranks, can he maintain that sort of innocent relationship with the sport? Um, the flip side, the other core protagonist, uh, Brink Logan, you know, he's more of a, the, the veteran type. You know, he's this mid-card jobber in his father's promotion who's stuck between wanting to become a champion in his own right, but also not wanting to leave 
and, you know, have the family business suffer because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of get like this, this rag to riches sort of story with Muchacha Man that anyone can relate to. And then Brink Logan, I think, is this very opposite side of the coin where it's this very like wrestling centric story that is familiar to those that know wrestling. But, you know, those outside can still relate to it. But um, mm-hmm. um, it's a way to, again, appeal to both hardcore wrestling fans and then just general JRPG gamers. I mean, if you if you watch the the intro cinematic or kind of um, play, you know, 30, 40 minutes of WrestleQuest, you get the idea that, you know, Machacho Man is watching CRT television 10 inches away from it, like a lot of us did in the 80s and 90s, and and he's inspired to follow in the footsteps of his hero. So it's um it's definitely following kind of this, this theme of nostalgia and fandom of, you know, in most cases, when you talk to people, became wrestlers um they're inspired by wrestlers that came before them and in many many cases macho men you know it's, it's been covered in many documentaries and pieces we thought that you know given our just true like love and fandom for for wrestling it makes a lot of sense to take some of these iconic larger than life characters and kind of tell that story in a different way matt said this was his observation but he said brink logan has uh some bret hart feel to it so I don't know if you guys would agree with that. He does have some six shades and he is from the <laughs> Canada. So it's like, I feel like there's some, there's some triangulation there. I think it's more about just the idea of wrestling dynasties in general. You mm-hmm. know, um, you could also make comparisons with him and you mentioned Cody Rhodes with the Rhodes family, you know, of um, these multi-generational wrestling families and how that dynamic plays into it as well. Beyond just the, the story of, um, the individual wrestlers themselves that's why his name like you know muchacho man's muchacho man that's it and then the other guys they just have a single name whereas all the logans their their last names included like you know in the character everywhere and that's intentional because it is the idea again of this this wrestling family yeah we have uh, another generational talent sitting here with us so certainly there's there's a lot of connections you can probably make from you know Brink Logan's character, but uh, Jeff, I want to ask you, I, I mentioned you've been hitting multiple people with guitar shots. Uh, you made some noise by hitting Grado last week. Uh, what What's going on there? <laughs> oh, Grado. Um, you know, Bill, I'll leave it as simple as this. The old saying, sometimes life imitates art and art imitates life. Uh, I had uh, a day in it. Well, I I guess you could say got over there on Sunday in London, uh, did media Sunday evening, all day Monday, uh, and then actually did some on Tuesday morning. And me and Grado go back years and years and years. Um, A good buddy. He's, you know, been to my house with my kids. We've stayed in contact. Uh, And so he texted me and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm actually going to be in London why don't we hang out? I said, well, I've really got a busy schedule. So he said, don't worry about it. We'll hang out. So old Grado hung out with me in just about every media interview he, we did, he ended up kind of chirping and chiming in. And I finally had about all I wanted to hear out of Grado and his little one-liners. And so he got the uh, guitar shot and boy, it was a good one. The uh, bill, I don't know if you saw it, but the, um, Talk sport is kind of their version in the UK of uh, you know talk. It's it's talk radio, but it's streamed and it's mm-hmm. it is their version of ESPN Fox Sports uh, Net all combined into one. So uh, it made uh, 
it made a lot of noise, uh, I'll say this, to the very highest levels of talk sports. So um, it was a good one. It was a good one. They put together a nice little video piece. I'll just say that. So Wembley, um, Bill, who would have thought uh, it's going to make history? And that's really, really hard to do in professional wrestling nowadays. But it's going to make history without question. Uh, you, you had a slogan on a t-shirt. I guess you should have read it closer. Don't piss me off. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Gr- Grado needs to take that lesson, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, all right. My final question here, uh, to you, Jeff, you, you've been a big part of AEW TV. How's it been going overall? Are you enjoying yourself? Uh, favorite match you've been a part of in 2023. Oh, wow, Bill. You know, uh, me and you've known each other a long time. So nobody had this on their bingo card. Um, But when you kind of take a step back and you uh, look at, I call it the group, um, me, Sanjay Dutt, our real life, longstanding uh, friendship, uh, business and personal, Jade Lethal, me and him go back to the early earliest days of TNA, uh, obviously Karen, my wife, and then Satnam Singh and, you know, him being, um, you know, I'm, I'm probably the biggest wrestling fan of Indian wrestling and, and that entire, you know, frontier yet to be, uh, it's, I still think it's completely untapped, but when you put us together as a group on paper, it may not look like, uh, that's kind of an odd pairing, but I think the sum total of our group has really created some magical moments. Uh, you know, our, 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 our multiple matches with the acclaimed, my singles match against Orange Cassidy, our feud with FTR just this last week, you know, on Dynamite 200. Uh, I'll just say this at Dynamite 1 or 100 or maybe even 150. I don't think anybody would have said, hey, uh, Jeff's going to be taking on Kenny Omega in a six man tag. <laughs> Nobody would have put that on paper, but, um, uh, in so many ways, uh, it, it's clicking. Uh, I'm having the time of my life and, um, things just get better and better and better. And again, I feel very, very, very grateful for the opportunity that I'm having. And I wake up every day, uh, whether it's here to talk about Russell quest or AEW, uh, or a little bit of both. It is something I feel really, really grateful to be doing uh, and, and to be a part of the industry like I am uh, at this stage of my career. Very, very thankful. I actually did see that uh, last week. Kenny Omega versus Jeff Jarrett in 2023. I said, who would have believed it? <laughs> so you're not you're not wrong, but it, it's been great to see. I think uh, I've always been a fan, but I think you're seeing more and more people appreciate your work. I would say, especially since Nashville last year, Ric Flair's last match, I think, you know, you, you got your flowers and you're starting to see more and more people see that you still have what it takes. So, you know, continued success there. Uh, and appreciate then the, that. To, to the three of you, uh, anything else you guys want to cover collectively before we get out of here? No, I appreciate you having us all, man. Always. I appreciate you taking the time. It's always good to catch up. And, you know, to Zach and James, it was great to meet you. Thanks and for having us, man. Too. Thanks, Bill. You, you guys have a great afternoon. I'll talk yep. to you guys soon. See you, bye. Bye-bye. See you, man.